This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Keeping Carlson Podcast, the best fantasy hockey podcast hosted by two guys who own Eric Carlson in their keeper pools. My name's Elon Dubrovsky, and I'm joined by Brian Calm. That was good. No, no, you say hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> but thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. That was my fourth take. And you nailed it. Great. All right. Enough small talk. Let's, let's get to the good stuff. Let's do it. Okay, this week... This is our second episode, and we got a big show for everybody. We're going to talk about this week's fantasy headlines. Uh, we're going to talk about how we each did in our pool this week, draft day regrets, players who we're going to ask, is it too early to give up on them? Uh, we're going to look at people who are on our watch lists, and then Brian's going to introduce the advanced stat of the week, a fun segment where he tells us a stat that we should watch that many people don't know about. So we're probably not even going to do all those things, but that's the plan. Those, that's, the, that's what we've written down in the Google Doc. Okay, yeah. Sounds like a good plan. So what what was your big fantasy headline this week? Okay, I've had a very crazy week with this headline, which is the the biggest headline in probably all fantasy hockey, Tomash Hurdle. Oh, we're go- oh we're my ca- goodness. Are we, are we calling him Tomash now? Isn't it Tomash? Well, I, I heard mean, someone say Tomash. Last week we were saying Thomas. Right. Last week it's Thomas, but now he's scored eight <laughs> goals, so it's Tomash. Yeah, I thought that would be appropriate. <laughs> he's earned his name. Good for him. Yeah, so the, the big fans of the show will remember we talked about him last week, about whether or not you should pick him up, and hopefully, I don't think we actually said you should, I think it was more like maybe you should, but... I think I gave a pretty definite should. Okay, good. Well, just as it happens, I decided on Tuesday during the afternoon, which, as many people know, is the afternoon before he scored four goals against the Rangers, I decided to drop Derek Broussard and picked him up. And then I was delighted to see what happened. And I'm sure the guy... I was really excited because I was hoping maybe what had happened is the guy I was playing against this week, hopefully he was, you know, watching the the scores and seeing what's happening. And then he saw that Hurdle scored four goals. And maybe he thought, ooh, maybe I'll try to pick him up off the waiver wire. And then he went and realized, oh, he's already taken. And then he saw who he was taken by. And then he realized that it was four goals against him. That would have been sweet. I hope that's what happened. So you don't, you don't just want to get the best guy. You want to deprive your opponents of the best guys, too. Well, of course, that's how you win. And I'm winning this week in goals with uh, one day left in the matchup by only three. So if it wasn't for picking up Hurdle, I'd, ha- I'd be losing. That's a headline. Boom. But yeah, but then the next headline is that I just read before I went to bed last night that he got injured. Yeah, he took a, a big hit against Ottawa and left the ice. And actually, there was a picture... He's so skilled that on the ice, his his stick was, like, balanced on his glove, like, when all his equipment was dropped on the <laughs> ice. 
he that that's how soft his hands are. Wow. I'd say it bodes Impressive. well for his fantasy value. So is it too early to call Thomas Hurdle a Band-Aid boy at this point? Like, I mean, already since his big four-goal game, he's had Edler take a run at him on Thursday, and now he's now he's injured, running into Clark MacArthur. I'm worried, Brian. I don't know. Well, who knows? We don't even know if he's, like, a 20-goal <laughs> scorer, so it doesn't really matter yet if he's a Band-Aid boy. Uh, as soon as I picked him up, I was, and then he had this big night. I was offering him to people for like guys like Claude Giroux. So far, no one has bitten. I was just but. about to say you you could try and sell high. I mean, like he's on a good team, so if he stays healthy, he's playing with good people. It's going to be like almost hard for him not to put up points. Um, but you never know, right? Like it's better, like you said, to trade for an established guy if you can swing it. Well, yeah, I'll see if I can bamboozle someone in my pool, even though knowing my luck, I'll trade him, feel like I'm a genius, and then next year he'll win the Art Ross. Boom. Boom, who knows. Okay, next fantasy headline that I have in mind, what is going on with Henrik Lundqvist? Yeah, well, what's going on with, like, the entire New York Rangers, right? They have Vino, right? And, like, I feel like they put together a team that works for, for John Tortorella. So now, like, Vino's got this team of, I don't know, weird parts that worked under a specific system, but he's got to figure out what to do with them. I, but, like, I wouldn't worry. I would say, in fact, like, go and get Lundqvist if you can. Like, these first two weeks of the season are the best time. I was going to bring it up later, but, like, you already said Giroux and Lundqvist are the people you want to go after and look for impatient owners. In fact, I had somebody offer me a trade this week already. And like, I didn't really know what to do with it because I'm sort of a patient kind of guy. I like to see how things shake out after two, three weeks, not like five games. Um, but I was offered Nazem Kadri for Louis Erickson. Well, Erickson has had a very slow start. A bit- but you were saying last week, he's your keeper. He was your keeper. Yeah, he was my keeper because Kovalchuk left. And so, I don't know. I sort of feel like like I, I have an obligation to him, which is terrible you can't get attached to players on your team. That's not a good strategy. However, like I, I think he's still going to be fine. He's still figuring things out. Meanwhile, Kadri is like already getting buried by his coach on the third line, like for no good reason. The same way Grabowski was before, and the same way that you know he still has, seems to have something against Jake Gardner. So, like, I don't really trust Randy Carlisle to play his players properly. And had I not drafted, like... (laughs) Unless their name is Phil Kessel. Well, I mean, obviously Phil Kessel and Joffrey Lupo, like, those guys, yeah. But Randy Carlyle and his young players, like, who haven't yet proven themselves, seem to... I don't know. I guess you could say the opposite about Morgan Riley, who's getting big minutes. So point being, I don't know how Kadri's going to be used exactly. I know how Erickson's going to be used in a top three or top six role. I know he's going to have quality line mates the whole season. So I'm going to stick with him, even though I might kick myself. I like that he's younger and I'm in a keeper league. But like I said, I have Tyler Sagan, who's going to be my keeper. I don't need to really worry about that. Well, Brian, looks like you're looking good after last night. So Erickson finally had a good game in his fourth game of the year. He got a goal, six shots on goal. I think you made the smart move. Yeah, I think goals are harder to find than assists. And, like, Kadri might match his stats this year. And being younger, he might have more keeper value. Like, maybe I could flip him for something more. But Erickson, to me, is the sure thing. 
And like I said, I'm not about to give up or really make any major moves a week and a half into the season. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned Lunkvist. There's a guy in my pool who has Lunkvist as his goalie, and I have a feeling that he's very frustrated, and I could I could get him. Do you think it's worth it to go after him at this point? I think I might be able to trade Varlamov for him. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, okay, hang on. No, that's going to make me sound dumb in retrospect. But here's what I think. I think Varlamov is playing incredible, but we've never really seen sustained play from him like this before. But the Avalanche are like a brand new team this year, so it's hard to say what's going to happen. But I would say it is more than likely that Lundqvist's numbers will be better than Varlamov's at the end of the year. It might sound crazy to seem cautious about that. It, saying it out loud that maybe Lundqvist's numbers will be better than Varlamov's, that's almost blasphemy. It's a ballsy move. You're selling high, which is a really hard thing to do. You're buying low, which is the best. Like This is ideally, if everything regresses the way everyone would expect it to, it's going to be like a slam dunk. But both teams are in weird spots. You have New York with a new coach, and they look totally lost. And you have the Avalanche with a new coach, and they look like a million bucks. It's a tenuous situation, and it's really hard to read because both teams are in a state of flux right now, and you don't know how it's going to shake out. Right. But in all likelihood, you will win that trade. Okay, so one thing, because it sounds crazy right now, so one way to see if things are just sort of lucky at the moment, is to look into a stat called PDO. It doesn't really stand for anything important, so don't worry, but don't get hung up about PDO and what it means. Uh, I can tell you that what it means is it measures a combination of on-ice shooting percentage and on-ice save percentage for, for each player. PDO tries to state whether a player is producing at a sustainable or unsustainable pace, either good or bad. So a PDO of 100 is average. If a, if a player is producing at a PDO of 100, that means everything is as it should be. So whatever numbers they're putting up, they'll likely keep up. Now, the further away they get from 100, the less likely they are to sustain it. And depending on which direction, above or below 100, that's whether they'll get better or worse. So take, for example, right now, Varlamov's PDO is at 109. So the idea of PDO is that Everything will regress towards 100. So the further away you are, the more out of your head you're playing or out of out of expectations. So a PDO of 109, I'd say, is not like insanely above. It's, it's about what you'd expect for a player on a hot streak, but not a stupid hot streak. So Varlamov is likely to regress, but not a ton. Meanwhile, uh, Henrik Lundqvist is just about even on the other side. So he's at a he's at a 96 PDO. If you're looking at him as a trade target, it means that he still has room to improve. Interesting. So where do you find these PDO numbers? Good question. I, I could get into this later, uh, but a very easy place to look is extraskater.com. You can also look at behindthenet.ca, except they use the original PDO scale, which is on a scale of 1,000. But Extra Skater, I guess, has simplified it to uh, 100 plus a percentage point. All right, so let's move on to talking about how Brian and I did in our hockey pools this week. So, Brian, how's it looking? Well, it looks like 
I'll win the week with no thanks at all to Devin Dubnik. I spent my first round pick on him. It's a keeper league, so it was really like 65th overall or something like that. But he alone, Dubnik, almost single-handedly negated what Varlamov did this week. And we all know Varlamov has been on a tear since the beginning of the year. In Yahoo Pools, week one seems to be from the beginning of the season until Sunday the 13th. So it's like a week and a half. Uh, But in that time, I've got him at four wins, a goals against of one, 128 saves, and a save percentage of 970, which is insane. Usually that's like a guaranteed win in the goalie categories. It doesn't really matter who you're facing. But Devin Dubnik did the opposite. He had goals against of 5.43, no wins, 92 saves, and a save percentage of 829. So between those two, I managed to win three of four goalie categories, and by the skin of my teeth, just barely. So I guess I'm I'm really happy about Varlamov, but I'm so frustrated at Dubnik, especially because on Saturday night against the Leafs, I think he he just needed to stop shots for like 40 seconds at the end of the game. And not only did he let the Leafs tie it, which put me in a bind, but then he let in another one in overtime, which is the reason I lost one category. And if Ben Scrivens starts on Sunday, then the rest of my categories are also in jeopardy. Thanks to Devin Dubnik. But my offense came through. I had Tyler Sagan. He had four-point night. Van Riemsdyk had five goals, some of them on Dubnik. So I guess it all evens out. So... Uh, it should. It looks like I should be sitting in the top three or five after the first week. So I'm happy about that. How about you? I'm actually having an amazing week. I think a lot of it has to do with my opponent being shitty. But as I mentioned last week, I have a seven-category league, and I'm winning in all seven categories going into today. Whoa, mama. So very exciting. Yeah, so with with goals, I'm being led heavily by you know, Thomas Hurdle's five goals, getting a lot of assists from Martin St. Louis, Marek Zedlicki, by the way, I picked him as, I think, my last second-last defenseman in the pool. He got three assists this week at three games, and you know, we have this defense category, so he's really helping me along. It's been, a, it's been good. I have a few people still that I'm considering dropping, but overall, my team right now, if you, if you watch the league, you would know this reference. I feel a bit like roster baiting at the moment. <laughs> I do know that reference, and that's, I have to say, I think our listeners should be trusting of us. We're... We're combined 2-0 and o now. Yeah, maybe at some point we should go over everyone we have so people could follow along with us. Maybe it's something we could post on a website. Yeah, you know what? We will. I'm going to post a screenshot of my amazing matchup this week what after about I win. And mine. Yeah, we'll post Brian's too if he sends it to me. And we'll post yours too. Just send it in. Carlson at gmail.com. I don't think so. Okay, yeah, leave that out. If you want to <laughs> post your lineup on a website, host your own podcast, man. Yeah, come on. Or woman. <laughs> All right, so Brian, did you make any ads or drops this week? Any roster transactions? I did. I dropped Chris Versteeg. He picks up an assist. I, I think he had a couple points by the end of the week. But I sort of, everybody was picking up everybody. There was so much action in free agents and waivers. And I just sort of felt like maybe I should do something. I'm a patient type. I like to sit back and, and watch I don't want to make a mistake that I'm going to regret, but Versteeg was a free agent in the first place. I don't think anyone's going to rush to pick him up. Um, so I picked up Matthew Perot on the Ducks, who's playing on a line with Silverberg and Solani. 
who is who was in a marginal role on Washington, and then he got traded for practically nothing to Anaheim. Um, and he's playing for Bruce Boudreaux, who knows him from Washington. But then I sort of got cold feet on him, and I dropped him because I thought, like, I just, it was a knee-jerk reaction. He had a three-point night or something. So I dropped him because Roman Josie was injured, and I ended up adding another defenseman to replace Josie, which was uh, Jonas Broden on the Minnesota Wild. Oh, that's a good pickup. Yeah, he paid immediate dividends. I had Josie just sitting there. He was day-to-day with a concussion. Like, who? to me, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I think a concussion is immediately like IR. I understand Yahoo always says that they can't put a guy on IR until the team does, but I think the team should really get on that. I had him sitting there for probably seven days just taking up a roster spot. So I added Broden, who is playing top-line minutes with Ryan Suter right now on the first pairing in Minnesota, and he's starting to produce offensively. He put a, a short run at the end of last year, and this year... I think he said in interviews, like, his goal was to get better offensively. He's got the defensive part down. A lot of people said he was a Calder candidate, so I'm happy to get him for nothing. Um, and then when I moved Roman Josie to the IR, I also picked up Alex Kalorn. Mm. Do you know Alex Kalorn? Yeah, I guess he's on the second line on Tampa. He had a big night yesterday. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I got him in time for that, too. Last year... He was pretty hot as a rookie, getting a lot of time with Martin St. Louis, and that was the reason. This year, though, he's got good line mates again, and so I'm sort of hoping, and he's just temporary. I think when Josie is healthy, Kulorn will probably be the first to go. But there might be some other guys on my lineup who might go first that I actually drafted. But let me ask you first. It's been a while since you drafted. Are there any guys you're looking at your lineup and just like shaking your head at right now? Yeah, there's there's a few. Uh, definitely one that I've already dropped was Derek Broussard, who actually got two assists last night, so Ouch. that's, I guess, how it always goes. But, yeah, I dropped him for hurdle, so it's still an overall win for me. But, yeah, Derek Broussard, still, you know, even with these two assists, I'm still happy I dropped him. You look at his playing time, like, it's not really... He's not a big guy on Rangers this year, so I, I wasn't very happy with him, and I'm happy to have him off my team. What do you think? I mean, when he was really really in in a bad shape in Columbus and his agent was fighting with the coach about his playing time. It was getting pretty silly. Then when he got traded to New York, he was rejuvenated. Tortorella seemed to really like him, but now it's Vino. So I don't know. He's, he's been in a lot of different situations and I don't know what to expect from him yet. If it'll be the Columbus Derek Broussard or the New York Derek Broussard. Right. Well, I have him on my watch list. In case I want to grab him back. No one no one took him off the waiver wire after I dropped him, that's for sure. Um, another big disappointment, though maybe I shouldn't even say disappointment, but Danny Heatley, oh my goodness. I took him late, but even still, he's my worst player on my team right now. He used to be such a star. Let me ask you then, what were you expecting from Danny Heatley? Well, you know, maybe like a guy who can give me 50 points in the season, like a point every two games. But he's not even giving me that. Right now he's played five games and he has one assist to show for it. And no goals. No goals. For the former sniper who scored 50 in 07. I'm assuming his PDO must be below 100 right now. Like, is there a chance that he at least bounces back to some semblance of usefulness? Well, let's do one step better than assuming and actually find it. His PDO... Denny Heatley has a PDO right now of 91.7. 
So he should get better, but I'm also going to point out that he has declined every year since 2006, with the exception of one year, uh, with the exception of 2008. He went from 105 points to 82 to 72, then back up to 82, but since then, 64 points, 53 points, and last year he was on a pace for about, like, 42 points. Wow. So... And his shooting percentage has dropped steadily. He, he used to shoot at about, you know, 16, 17%. But now he's shooting at about between 10, 13%, somewhere, somewhere in there. So he's not as efficient a goal scorer as he used to be, which I think was really his, his biggest benefit. He'd, he'd, get, he'd get playing time with other scores, so he'd be able to pad his assists. But I don't think Danny Heatley's ever been known for his, like, for his passing he's mm-hmm. he's always that guy who stands around the net waiting to bang home the rebound or the loose puck like he's he's just in the right place at the right time he never really creates so i you know you're in a tough spot because he's he's an all-star name and it feels bad to let him go like he should be doing better but maybe it was a bad choice to pick him yeah well right now if uh Someone really catches my eye on the waiver wire and the free agent list, which we'll get to soon. He might be he might be the first to go at this point. Him yeah. or also Paul Stastny, I'd have to say. And, you know, he's also, I'm sure you'll say the same thing. He used to be good, and now it's been already a while. But I thought he could put up some good numbers. But so far, not much from Stastny. Though he did get two assists last night, which is good. So Stastny, yeah, he did get off to a really good start in his career. And I had picked him early in the subsequent years. And this year I actually shied away from him because I mean, you can see he's sort of been shifted to a different role with all the other goal scorers that Colorado has. It's not that he's not a good one, but he might be the most defensively responsible one. Last year, he started in the defensive zone 38% of the time, roughly. And this year, in five games, he's already started in the defensive zone 48% of the time. And obviously, when you start in your own zone, it's harder to get into an offensive role. It's much easier for the guys who are taking face-offs in, the, in their attacking zone. So that might be a reason to expect less production from Paul Stasny. It doesn't mean he's not as good a player. It just means that he's working on a different end of the ice. Right. So where are you finding this? That where How much time he spends in each zone? Is that also uh, extraskater.com? Yeah, or behindthenet.ca. Extraskater.com has a friendlier interface. Behindthenet.ca was the first, and that's sort of the golden standard. But Extraskater is relatively new. They just started this season. So you can't see back before last year. They only have stats going back to last year when you go on the site. But still a lot of useful stuff, easy to read, and there's a glossary, too, for anything you're confused about. So how about you, Brian? Any draft day regrets aside from Devin Dubnik? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a couple. And actually, I, I might put this guy in a similar category as Stasny. David DeHarnay, he's also a center on a fairly offensive-minded team who put up a really impressive season, but... He, in, but but he's burned me. He burned me last year. He goes through these dry spells. And I'm starting to get the suspicion that he's going to burn me again. I picked him up late, so I didn't spend a lot to get him. I'm still disappointed nonetheless. In his first five games, he's pointless in five games. 
and he has only seven shots. He's a minus one. But you can sort of say the same for any other Montreal Canadian right now, unless they're Lars Eller, Alex Galchenyuk, or Brandon Gallagher. They're all sort of underperforming. Thomas, or Tomas, as some of us would say, <laughs> Plekanec, or Plekanec, has two points in five games, which for him I think is a slow start. He has 11 shots on goal. The thing I noticed about the Habs is that their ice time is being spread out really, really evenly across their top nine forwards. Most players are within one or two minutes of each other's ice time on any given night, and it's rare that anyone sees over 18 minutes. So nobody's really getting a chance to shine, DeHarnay included. So I think I'm just going to bide my time and give him a little longer. But I'd really, I've been tempted to drop him frequently already. Like I, I almost kept Perot over DeHarnay. But I feel like I got to wait. I got to wait. But a guy I'd rather have was is Damien Brunner, who was taken nine picks later. So I feel like I messed that one up a little bit. DeHarnay was dropped in my league last week. And my league has a bunch of Habs fans that I basically never pick Montreal Canadiens players because I know they're always overvalued. And one of these big Habs fans dropped David DeHarnay. So that shows how much faith the Habs faithful have in him. Wow, more like the Habs faithless. Yeah, at least in him. Am I right? And I'm looking on ESPN. He's owned by only 1% of owners right now. So really? I feel like you might be in a small minority of people holding on with hope for David DeHarnay, Brian. Well, here's the reason that I am. He's still owned in 12% of Yahoo League. So maybe Yahoo users just know more about hockey. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But DeHarnay, I mean, in 2011, he put up 60 points in 80 games. And before that, in his rookie year, he was scoring at half a point per game. Last year, he scored at half a point, over half a point per game, even though he's really slow for certain parts of the year. So I'm expecting at least 40 points out of him. And for me, that's not someone I'm ready to drop for, you know, someone who's, who's streaking right now. So I would say I'm going to wait it out. I don't know if it's the wise move. Another guy who... I think it's definitely wise to wait out, is Jordan Stahl. I took him in the ninth round. and like Last year, he had a really bad plus-minus. He was valued higher, though, so I feel like I got him at good value this year. He's playing almost 20 minutes a game now, but he's starting in his own end about half the time. So I don't think that's helping him. I knew he was going to be used as a defensive player, but was really hoping for more than one assist after five games. But he still put 12 shots on goal. And eventually some of those have to go in. So I'm happy with Jordan Stahl. But I'd rather have Alex Steen, who was taken 16 picks later. I think I blew that one a little bit. Alex Steen is, is going crazy, right? Oh, man, yeah. Alex Steen, eight points in four games so far. I have a feeling that is going to be a high PDO. And sorry, I know I'm acting like someone who has just learned a new word and is trying to use it in every sentence. No, but you're you're absolutely right. And it's a good point to bring up because if you look at the entire St. Louis Blues, they're all going crazy right now. It, Alex Steen has a PDO of 120, which, oh, is really, which is really high. Well, considering Varlamov is 109 and he's having such an amazing start. So that just shows how far from average Alex Steen is. Right. He's actually got the highest... PDO of anyone on the Blues. The next most is Alex Petrangelo. And then you've got David Backus, who has seen line mate at 115. And Jay Bowmeister even is at 113. 
So you have to expect everyone on St. Louis to sort of settle down. And maybe that's actually a sell-high opportunity. And I'm looking short-sighted and saying, oh, I wish I had Alex Steen instead of Jordan Stahl. But at least after week one, I'd rather have Alex Steen. Well, yeah, it's hard not to want someone who has eight points instead of one assist. Yeah. All right, so Brian, I'm thinking to close out the show, how about we both talk about some people on our watch lists who we're thinking of picking up if if uh, we decide that we finally decide to give up on one of our players in our roster. Who do you have that you're eyeing that you're thinking of grabbing soon? Okay, a couple goalies that I don't totally believe in, but they might get playing time if you're in a league that's really competitive for goalies, would be Josh Harding and Dan Ellis. They both are backups for frequently injured goalies, Nicholas Backstrom and Kerry Lettinen, who are, surprise, injured already. So if you're looking for a goalie, look at them. But before you look at them, I mean, if you're looking for more than just playing time, you might want to take a look at Carolina's Anton Kudobin. He's backing up Cam Ward this year. And just for context, here's a list of Cam Ward's backups over the course of his career. John Graham, Michael Layton, Manny Legacy, Brian Boucher, Mike Murphy, Justin Peters, and Dan Ellis. Not a good goalie in that list, right? Well, you just mentioned Dan Ellis as someone to maybe pick up. If you're desperate for playing time. Right. But, <laughs> but, but nobody to really ever push him for a spot. For sure. And, and Kudobin, I think, is finally the guy to push Cam Ward. Cam Ward, he gets knocked for being injured, even though he, he has started about 75% of Carolina's hockey games in six of his eight NHL seasons. But Kudobin is bigger than an injury threat to Cam Ward, I think. He's only got 21 starts, so small sample size. But in that time, he's got a goals against average under two and a, nine, and a save percentage hovering around 935. Now, those numbers might be inflated because two-thirds of those starts came on last year's Boston Bruins team, who were really strong and really defensive. But so far this year, he's already stopped 47 of 50 shots, only given up three goals over two games. His save percentage is 20 points better than Cam Ward's, and his goals against average is almost half. I'm not saying anything is imminent with Kudobin. Cam Ward is the franchise, and he's not going to be easily threatened. But maybe Carolina starts thinking about easing his workload a little bit, and Kudobin gets to see if he keeps this up. Maybe 25, 30 or more starts this year. Interesting. So are you thinking of picking him up over Devin Dubnik at this point, or are you going to hold on for at least another week? I've actually looked, and he's gone. He's already gone in my league. He was drafted, so... Oh, I see. Oh, you're in a very deep league. He's definitely available in mine. We we only have 12 people and two goalies each, so only 24 goalies get drafted. I picked up Varlamov off as a free agent last week, dropping Nicholas Backstrom, who, as you say, is injured, and I was disappointed I had him anyways. Right. Yeah, that would not happen in my league. You can't ever drop a starting goalie. So anyone else on your watch list, aside from these goalies? Kudobin's uh, not even on your watch list. He's already taken... Well, he's someone that I'd like to I'd like to watch. <laughs> sure. Well, you could get NHL Game Center. You could watch him every game. <laughs> well, my league's really deep, so I think the guys on... <laughs> that's very funny. My league's really deep, so I think the guys on my watch list are, are not relevant to other leagues. So I just try and go for guys who are likely on watch lists. Okay. Well, definitely keep us posted if you ever see a hidden gem. If, if he's available in your league and you think he's good, then obviously he will be especially good for other people in less deep leagues. Like right. Mine. All right. So, 
So I'll be interested to know then. I'll tell you some of the people that I'm interested in my watch list, and you'll tell me if any of them are available in your league. Okay. None of them are available. I can already tell you they're not available. <laughs> okay, because, yeah, there's some guys that are hot that if I had more room on my roster, I'd love to have them, starting with someone we talked about last week, and you said no way he can keep it up, and since he's played two games and has two goals and an assist, Alex Chason on Dallas, this guy, he doesn't stop. I was actually thinking that we should have a weekly segment on Alex Chason's shooting percentage, like a shooting percentage watch. The, the stat this week, as of, as of tonight, is three goals on 11 shots, so he's scoring on 27.3% of his shots. Would you, like to, would you still like to take him? You're still watching him closely? I don't know, man. Like, he's got five points in four games on Dallas at some point. When he's getting a point in every game, don't you need to grab him? Or am I just being too grabby? He might be being a little grabby. Like, I All really, right. I definitely... Is he available in your league? No. Well, we'll see. Okay, I'm going to wait another week. If he's still available and is still keeping it up next week, we'll, we'll have this segment again and we'll discuss. I mean, if you are thinking of picking him up, his shooting percentage might be 27.3%, but that's lower than his career shooting percentage, which is like 38%. So maybe he'll reach that again sometime soon. Maybe this is actually a dry spell for Alex Chason. <laughs> also, though, a nice thing about him is he's been playing on the power play. Like, of his five points, three of them are on the power play at this point. Yeah, I, he's someone to watch, and... It, just because he's scoring a lot on very few shots doesn't mean he's not going to be a valuable player. It just means that there's not that he hasn't taken enough shots or, or played enough games for us to really know anything significant about him. Right. Okay, well, yeah, so I'm going to definitely still keep watching him. Another person on my watch list that I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on are, is Brad Boys. So he had a great year last year, I'd say, on the Islanders. But then a lot of people said it was just because he was playing with really top players like Tavares. But now on Florida, through five games, he's got five points, four goals and assists, 14 shots. What do you think about Brad Boys this year? Yeah, he was on my watch list too, and then he got picked up. So the thing with Brad Boys, there, there seems to be a pattern. He seems to go to a new team, put up points, and then stop, suddenly stop. That didn't happen last year in the, with the Islanders. So maybe that trend's over. But, for example, when he left St. Louis for Buffalo, at the, I think it was at the deadline in 2010, he put up 14 points in 21 games really quickly. So that's like .66 points a game. But then uh, he scored at half that pace in the next full season with Buffalo, uh, getting just 23 points in 65 games. He's generally been like a 40-point guy, dependable for 40 points. Back in 2008 and, and before, he had 65 and 72 points. But since then, I wouldn't really count on him for a whole lot. He's got a spotlight role in Florida, which is a good thing. But if plus-minus is a stat in your pool, you also have to be really careful. Okay, and finally, I want to ask you about a guy who I always tend to have in my pools every year. And this year is like the first time in maybe three years that I don't have him. I'm wondering if you already are thinking of who I'm going to say. But uh, Martin Hansel. Hansel. He's off to a good start. One goal, four assists in five games, 12 shots. And an ESPN, he's up to 22% owned. He was like 0% at the beginning of the week. 8% owned in Yahoo pools. Oh, man. There's not much agreement between ESPN and Yahoo. No, I guess What's the... Crosby in Yahoo? 
I don't even have to look. It's a hundred. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so do you think that... Is my watch list stupid? Like, is Hansel someone I should be considering picking up and dropping Danny Heatley for? I wouldn't call it stupid at all. Like, he's... Over the last two years, he's been scoring about a half a point a game, which is... Might be at least the same as what Heatley's going to do. He's off to a strong start. He seems to be pretty consistent over the course of the year. So if you want to take a flyer on him, I, I wouldn't bet against it. But again, you got to be careful picking a Phoenix Coyote. They're not an offensive team. I think today I would still rather have Heatley give him another week and see what happens. I have a feeling that Hansel isn't going to be snatched off your waiver wire anytime soon. Yeah, probably not. And another thing I always remember with Hansel is he seems to be a bit injury prone. So he's a scary guy to have in your lineup because you also have to watch to make sure he's not going to be day-to-day with something for two weeks. Yeah, last year, he, he usually, it, it looks like over full seasons he misses about 15, 20 games. Well, all right then. So lots of players to keep in mind. Another exciting week of fantasy hockey in the in the books. Another podcast in the books. What do you think? Number two... Maybe we'll start advertising it this time. Maybe. If you're hearing this, it means we, we promoted it a little bit. And we'd love to get your thoughts. Yeah, so we're called Keeping Carlson, which we didn't even have a name at the beginning of last week. But now, since then, we've made a Gmail account, keepingcarlson at gmail.com, a Twitter account, at Keeping Carlson. We have a website, keepingcarlson.podbean.com. So you can get a hold of us, and if you have questions about players... Send us a question, we'll ask it on the air, and Brian will answer it, the expert of fantasy hockey. Okay, we will answer it together. (laughs) I'll go, oh, let me check, oh shit, that guy has lots of goals, you should get him. And then Brian will go, oh, his PDO is a bit high, oh, (laughs) he generally trends to have hot hot starts and then slows down. Is that really? Yeah, what he said. Is that really what I sound like? Yeah, I don't know, is that really what I sound like? Is that good? (laughs) No, none of your voices are complimentary. They're all mean. <laughs> That's not mean. That's how you sound. Do we need to clarify that we are keeping Eric Carlson with a K and two S's and not John Carlson with a C and one S? <laughs> Do you think that's important? Maybe just to be sure. Yeah, that's keeping Carlson K-A-R-L-S-S-O-N. Yeah, like we're going to so. keep Carlson. John. John Carlson is... Uh, not doing so badly, is he? No, I've actually got him on my team, and he's been really good. I've got Carlson and Carlson this year. Look at you. Going all okay, the way. Quick, quick stat line before we end the end the show. Oh, he's only got one assist in five games. I don't know why I thought he was doing well. Oh, but... But, just wait. Playing big minutes. He's playing... He's Is he? Yeah. He's, he's over 20 minutes each game. Yeah, he's got nine shots on goal and five block shots, which, as a defenseman, I'm happy with. Our league counts block shots. All right, well, there you have it. Everyone, go and grab John Carlson if you can, and we will see you next week on the Keeping Carlson podcast.